Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. I'm going to jump back into um, this Jesus is uh, little mini-series. Remember, Simeon's couple of weeks was a mini-series within a mini-series within the Winter Collective, all right? So if you were with us a few weeks ago, we started uh, talking about this, 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 these statements that Jesus makes through the Gospel of John. And, uh, and it, there's seven of them, these seven I am statements that are, that are really uh, powerful and significant. But before we jump in, let's, uh, let's just pray. Eh? Lord, we just... Um, we continue to just invite your presence, Lord. We thank you for the gift of being able to worship together, of being able to gather together with others, to connect with them, but also with you, Lord. And so as we focus around your word now, I just I pray that you'd speak to us, enliven our hearts to the things in your word. Let them be life and health to us. In Jesus' name. So there's these seven um, statements, you know, within the Gospel of John that are, that are really quite power-packed. Power I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. You know, recognizing the, the significance that these statements were for, uh, for those that Jesus was speaking to, uh, but also, of course, the invitation and the, and the significance that they are for us. And, uh, you know, if you were with us a few weeks ago when we started this, we looked at, I am the light of the world. You know, this invitation that we have to allow the light of Christ to be light for our own hearts, our own lives. But then, of course, that invitation to shine that light to others. Uh, and, you know, I hope and pray that you've been stirred about it. You know, the way that you shine your light in your circumstance, your setting, your world, um, and carry that, you know, that, that light of Christ to others. And before we kind of jump into what I want to um, focus us in on this morning, just a kind of by way of quick reminder, you know, those, those first two words, I am, you know, they... they the short story, <laughs> Old Testament, um, you know, God is known as the I am that I am. And, uh, and, and, and the Israelites knew this, that it was a, uh, a way that they would um, refer to God, but it was so holy, the, the word I am that I am, Yahweh, they, would, they wouldn't use it for, because it was so holy. And it's actually only once in Scripture, in, in Exodus 3, that we see that full name of God expressed or written in that way, I am that I am. And Moses with this burning bush experience, you know, and God speaking directly uh, to him about it. And so, of course, when we, when we fast forward into the New Testament, you know, with, with the Israelites knowing full well that he is this I am God, with, when Jesus enters the scene and starts talking in this way, you know, that I am, he's, he's saying, I, I am here present with you, the, the God that you have been worshiping, that you've been hoping for, I'm here. 
Bit of a kind of scandalous statement to make, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's probably news articles of people who think they're God. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that he, gets, he gets a bit of flack for it, some serious pushback, obviously, you know, leading towards the, the cross eventually. But therefore, these statements that he makes within the Gospel of John, you know, they, they pack such a punch to them. And the one that we want to focus on today is no different. And in fact, like, I'm, I'm actually going to sort of cover two, uh, but very much focus in on one. Uh, and and in, it, like with the light of the world, there is, there is imagery uh, that Jesus leans into here that's really powerful and, and familiar uh, for the people that, he, that he's talking to. And similar to the light of the world, it causes quite a stir uh, when he talks in this way. And it has an invitation for us. An invitation to allow the meaning of what Jesus is trying to say here to be meaningful for us as well, to affect our daily lives. All right. Ready? (laughs) Who thinks they can guess? Okay, okay. If you've got your Bibles... Or your phones, whatever, I'd love you to turn into John 10. All right? John 10. Uh, just as you're, as you're turning there, Jesus has just come away from healing a man who was born blind. Uh, and the Pharisees are like, what the, who, who's, this, who's this guy uh, who was just going around and, and healing people? Then Jesus uses what would have been some very familiar imagery uh, to tell us something very specific and powerful about what he's doing and who he is. All right, John 10, verse 1. Give me, I'm ready, if you've got it. (laughs) I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. I find that um, quietly uh, warming of the heart, the fact that you know, even, even Jesus was trying to communicate something sometimes and people didn't get it, you know, didn't understand him. You know, they would have understood this very common scene. You know, the, the, the shepherds and the sheep uh, that would have been all around them. Uh, you know, everyone would have been familiar with this, with this setting of, uh, of, of farming in Middle Eastern first century. But it seems that they do not understand what Jesus is trying to tell them, right? So he carries on. In verse 7, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So here's this this sort of secondary, um, you know, two for one deal uh, that we're that we're that we're getting this morning, making 
the statement, I am the gate. I am the gate. Or in other, in other versions, Jesus says, I am the door. In other words, this point of entry that we have to relationship with God, that he is, he is the way, he is, he is the gate, the the way of access. And although we're not going to focus kind of too much around that this morning, um, we might go along similar lines next week. But it is this very powerful statement that Jesus is making. I am I'm the gate. And then and then we read these like awesome verse, this awesome verse, that if, you're, um, if you've been around church life for a, while, for a while, you'll probably be quite familiar with it, but if you're not, then this is, this is one of those verses that you, 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 know, you take home, and, uh, and you just, you're like, this is good to dwell on, to, uh, to get deep into your heart, deep into your spirit, to help it revolutionize the way that you live your life. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10, verse 10. And seriously, we could spend all morning on it. <laughs> there is, uh, it's just it's such a powerful uh, statement of Christ, right? The thieves come in the, to destroy, to take away, and they've come in by sneaky means. They've come in over the wall. But Jesus is saying, I'm not, I'm not coming in by sneaky means. I'm coming in facing you. I'm, I'm coming in the right way. I'm coming in transparent and obvious. I'm calling you. I, I, I want to come and bring you life and life to the full. And then this kind of leads us on to this next I am statement that I really want us to focus around this morning. In verse 11, John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But this is not who he is. In verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. <laughs> the good shepherd. Man, oh, there's just so much in these verses. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I must admit that as I've kind of been thinking and preparing um, this morning, I've just been, for this morning, I, uh, I've been really challenged about what not to include. <laughs> And I'd really encourage you, at some point, either um, later on today or at some point this week, I'd encourage you to go and read those verses that I've just read, the first half of John 10. Read it slowly. Let it sink in deep into your heart. You know, I'm going to talk about some of it, but there's, there's far more that I'm not going to have a chance to talk about this morning. And I want it to be life and health and breath to you, you know, so just Take that time. But what I want to primarily focus around this morning is some of the imagery uh, that Jesus uses here to, to try and you know, portray this message. Some of the, um, the power that there's in there because it is, so, uh, it is so telling of the character of God. So this picture to start with of just the simplicity of the basic, the good shepherd, right? 
the good, the good shepherd. So similar to the statement that Jesus made of the the light of the world, this imagery is is obviously something that they are familiar with. So yes, shepherding is a you know it's a it's a common thing that um, that they would know all about. But deeper than that, we see this theme emerge of a shepherd and his flock right through the Old Testament. Probably the most famous verses that we might be familiar with, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. This, this beautiful description and invitation of the shepherd and his sheep and that we can engage with that shepherd, Right? Or in Psalm 100 verse 3, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep, everyone say meh, of his pasture. (laughs) Or in Ezekiel 34, 11 11 and 12, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all of the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. Here is this picture of God bringing back those who have been scattered, those who have been lost, like a shepherd would go looking for his sheep back into the flock. Sound familiar to some stories within the New Testament? You know, Here is this picture and imagery that's, that's rich and deep. That the Israelites, as they're listening to Jesus talk, as they're hearing these words out of John 10, they are very familiar, yes, with the practical analogy of the fact that there are shepherds around them, but that they are called and they have this relationship with God, the the shepherd of them, the flock of sheep. Jeremiah 31 verse 10, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will, will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. You know, and even flowing into other parts of the New Testament, we see the strong shepherding reference to who Jesus is. Hebrews 13 verse 20, for example, references him and describes him as the great shepherd. In 1 Peter 5 verse 4, he's the chief shepherd. And there are, there are many, many other illustrations and times where this shepherding reference is, is, comes in. So it's It's very familiar imagery that Jesus is tapping into when he is declaring to them and saying to them, I am the good shepherd. And and there's quite a bit more depth to this word good than we might kind of give it credit for, right? So it's similar to how Simeon said, you know, calling the Bible the good book is, is pretty limiting on the word good. You know, apparently this word that we translate into good comes from the Greek word kalos, and it's, it, it, it means more, more than that. It's, it's uh, beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent, choice, precious. There is something, this, something of the attractiveness to this good shepherd, something that we are drawn to that... Is, is, is held within the character of who Jesus 
is, something of his love, of his grace. It's true, isn't it? You know, there, there is something of Jesus that we are, we are, we are curious about. E- even, even before you might have become a Christian, or maybe you're sitting here right now, or you're sitting at home, and you haven't, you're kind of just sussing out this whole God thing. When you stop and think about it, when we reflect back on our journeys of faith, there is something, that, something of the attractiveness of Christ, isn't there? We are, we, are, we are curious about who this man Jesus is. Something of his power, something of his character, something that speaks of protection, of nurturing, of guidance, of his sacrifice for us. There is something that draws us in, invites us to query and to be inquisitive. Something that calls deep into our hearts. This deep longing and need that we have of belonging. Of being part of something or someone bigger than ourselves. I'm sure many in the room have kind of done that done that journey, you know, tried to make life all about you and realized the emptiness of it. No matter if it looks successful on the outside, there is something internally that you know is missing and broken and lost. Jesus is the good shepherd. As John's gospel explains, he's not, he's not the hired hands that, hand that kind of takes off at the first sign of danger. He stays to protect the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. Um, some might be familiar with what a, um, what a sheep pen would kind of look like in the time of Jesus. Um, we've got this picture here. So something a little bit like this. You know, not, not so much how we would think of um, you know, farms and fences and so forth, uh, but rather, you know, like a... a Typically stone wall around the outside with a one single entry point and exit point. And so I am the gate, you know, Jesus laying down his... What would happen is a shepherd at night would often sleep um, physically laying across that gap to be the gate. Uh, so that the theory being that, you know, he'd keep the, the, um, the flock of sheep protected on the inside, protected from anything that's you know, coming to cause them harm on the outside. I am, I am the gate. He's, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm prepared to lay down my life for you, just like a shepherd would put his life on the line. Not a hired hand. When the wolf comes, would take off because he's got no, no skin in the game. It's the shepherd, the, the shepherd who owns the sheep, the shepherd who cares about the sheep. I'm the good, the good shepherd who would lay down my life for you. The, um, the next part of this imagery that I really like is this, this idea that he, that he comes in to, take, to lead us out, comes in to, to lead us out. Um, John 10, let me just explain this. John 10 verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So in the time of Jesus in that, uh, in that pen that we were just talking about, a shepherd would often have within that pen a number of different flocks of sheep. And so some of them would be his. And, and he would go into the pen, he would identify the sheep, he'd know, who the, the, he'd know his sheep, and his sheep would know his voice. He would identify them, go into the pen, and then lead them, lead them out. 
A number of shepherds would do that. They'd all use the, the, same, the same pen. And I don't know if it's sort of like my imagination running wild or, um, or not, but I don't think it takes too much to imagine what that pen is like. <laughs> Stone wall, it doesn't get moved around every day. You've got a bunch of sheep, number of herds, all hanging out, leaving their deposits. And I love the imagery of the fact that the good shepherd is prepared to go into the pen. Imagine the sights, the smells, the dirt, the filth. To lead them out. I wonder if there's any poop in your life and in my life that it'll be good to let Jesus into. Sometimes those, those bits, those messy things, those, the, the things that we look at in our worlds that we think, ah, man, it'll, just, it'll never change, it'll never, uh, it'll never shift gear, it'll never, kind of, I'll never get that breakthrough in it. Those hurts, those disappointments, those areas of unforgiveness, those areas of sickness and challenge, areas of busyness and distraction, the mess, the stuff that sometimes we think, ah, you know, just, you know, I'll sweep it under the carpet or I'll just, I'll just put on the happy face, come to church on a Sunday. <laughs> the external might look fine, but we know deep down there's mess in there. We know that something is the beautiful thing about Jesus is he wants to come into your poop. <laughs> he wants to come and get his feet messy and mucky, and he's not afraid of the smell. He's not afraid of what ugliness you think is there. What's the poop that you don't want to let him into? Can I just encourage you this morning just to... Maybe it's, maybe it's letting him in through a, um, a meaningful conversation with someone. Maybe that's the way of allowing God into that. Maybe it's, a, it's, 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 it's booking in a good Christian counselor to have that conversation, to talk about that stuff that feels messy and awkward and horrible to deal with. Maybe it's just through prayer, asking someone to pray. Would you, would, you would you pray with me? Would you, would you help me work through this difficult thing that I've got going on in my world at the moment? We all go through it, you know? person next to you does, you do. Just because they don't talk to you about it every day doesn't mean that they're not walking through it. The difficult relationship, the... The marriage that feels like harder work than it really should. The, the difficult work setting that you find yourself in. The health that you're battling with. One of the things that we love about Coast Vineyard is that you can be real. You can be your real self. You don't have to come in here on a Sunday morning and put on your Sunday happy face. 
We don't even want it. We want you. And if that's just our heart, imagine the heart of Christ, that he wants access into your life. We in our frailty want the real you, but Christ in his beauty and his, his perfection is not afraid of the filth. Because he wants to lead you to a good place. He wants to lead us towards good pasture. <laughs> Just like the question of the poop, <laughs> what would pasture, what would good pasture look like for you? If you would if 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 you were to have Good pasture. You know, the, the shepherd comes into the sheep pen in the, in the, early in the day, calls his own sheep by name, leads them out. And he's leading them out for a reason. He wants to take them to where there's sustenance, to where there's goodness, where, where they can have the life and health that they need. He wants to lead them to a good place, a spacious place. Uh, like uh, uh, Psalm uh, 18 verse 19, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. That, that John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. What would that look like in your world? What would a spacious place look like for you? What would it look like in your marriage? What would it look like in your family? That, that spacious, open place, that place of liberty and freedom. What would it look like in your workplace? What would it look like with that situation of poop? The poop or the pasture, you know? In fact, can we just, let's just time out for a second. If you want to, if you want to close your eyes, it's fine, let's whatever. But I, I really want to push this. I, I, I want to just have a moment when you would think you'd allow a holy imagination to take place right now. That area of restriction and binding and awkwardness, that area of messy. If Jesus was to lead you to a place of open space, a place of pasture, what would that look like? Holy Spirit, we pray, come right now. Take our imaginations, breathe your life into them. Thank you, God, that you want to take us to a good place. John 10 and verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, I know it's not necessarily um, that complimentary, <laughs> But if we want to be led towards those, those open, spacious places that you've just been imagining, 
there is this need to have these sheep-like tendencies, you know. Uh, maybe I've got a picture of a, a sheep up here just to inspire you. <laughs> maybe more like a Middle Eastern first century sheep, you know. <laughs> sheep that would hear, hear the voice of the shepherd. Okay, you see the, you see the picture, you see the imagination of what it could be like. Lord, what's that next step? What are you, what are you calling me towards? Where's, where are you asking me to step? Um, uh, something that makes a little bit more sense to me at the moment is our latest addition to our family, just in terms of the, you know, listening to the, uh, to the, to the right voice. Uh, this is Lottie, everyone. So she's a four-month-old um, spoodle, uh, and um, she's a lot of fun, but also a lot of work. Uh, and uh, she's very much in that process of learning to listen to her master's uh, voice or the other voices that are in the household. And it, it is a fascinating experience, a fascinating learning that you see a dog go through of, of, of recognizing what it is that you're asking them to do and sometimes knowing full well what you're asking them to do and choosing not to do uh, that thing that you're asking them to do. <laughs> Uh, it's probably a bit too much like me than I care to admit. <laughs> I don't know if it's like you, but you know, sometimes we have those areas in our in our world where we where we recognise that God is leading us forward, but we're just a little bit sort of got the blinkers on, or don't we're too distracted, or we're still kind of stuck in the thing that we've got that's got our attention, and we don't actually have our ears tuned, our eyes tuned to see and to hear what it is that God's leading us into. That maybe that courageous step, maybe that little step. To listen to the voice of the shepherd. And to walk that way. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd who comes into the mess of our pen to lead us out into good pasture. A spacious place. He's calling you, he's calling us into a spacious place. A place of restored hope. And the unfortunate reality about it, depending on how you look at it, is that it's not a one-off magic decision. Is it? We know that reality. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ongoing decision that we make. To let God into the poop, to take us forward into the pasture, to continue to mold us and shape us. And I guess really what today, today just sort of boils down to, it's not, it's not rocket science, you know. But it is the question of, is he your good shepherd? Not just, not just do you understand the theological concept of the good shepherd and, and, and how that made sense for the people that Jesus was speaking to, but for you and me, you know, not just is he the good shepherd, but is he your good shepherd? And I thought that it would be quite cool this morning to, um, to actually do something that has been practiced through the church uh, and from Christians for thousands of years, uh, and that is to do a, a visio divina, 
Uh, some of you will be familiar with that. Um, it's basically just reflecting on a particular image or picture and asking God to speak into, uh, speak through it. Um, I, I just thought, as because this is about you, you know, tuning in your, your ears and your eyes to see and to hear, right? I, I, I don't want to overcomplicate this because I don't think it needs to be complicated. Just that, that simple core question of, is he your good shepherd? And if he is your good shepherd, what is it that he's leading you into? What is his invitation uh, to you? And I feel like this morning there's, just, there's been some really good um, kind of space given uh, to that. So I think it would be quite fitting for us to kind of just carry along that theme if we could. So um, maybe Joshua, if you come and join me on stage, that would be great. You to play in the background. Um, and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put up an image uh, on the actually Joel uh, is gonna put up the image, and just as these guys just begin to um, play quietly, I'm gonna ask you uh, just some some particular questions, four questions uh, about this image, and I, and I want you to have very much in your frame of reference what we've just been talking about that. Uh, that that place of kind of holy imagining that you were just in just you know a few a few minutes ago, and I want you to bring that into the frame framework of what you're looking at here. You know, a picture or a representation of the of the good shepherd. There's a lot of like, you know, Jesus very clean and neat and tidy good shepherd sort of sort of pics. Uh, but I thought this was maybe a little bit uh, a little bit closer to the truth or something. Um, I'm sure maybe in the chosen they'll have like a, a you know a, an, an episode like this, and then we can have some good imagery. We're going to spend a few minutes doing this, all right? And uh, just as we go through, as I ask you these questions, if you want to um, take note of them mentally, if you want to tell someone about them afterwards, if you want to. Take a moment to write it down. Father, we just invite you into this moment. We thank you that you can speak to us in all sorts of ways. Lead us on that path, Lord. Use this image to speak powerfully into our lives. First question for you is what do you notice about the image? Just quietly reflect to yourself. Just as you look at it. What do you notice about the image?
Next question. How do you feel looking at the image? What feelings well up inside you as you look at this image? If you were in the image, where would you place yourself? If you were in the image, where would you place yourself? And finally, what do you sense God is speaking to you through this image? What do you sense God is speaking to you through this image? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. God, sometimes we struggle to to be led. 
our own humanity and just the stuff of life gets in the way, Lord. But here in this moment, Lord, we would just hope to pause long enough to allow you to shape us and mold us again, to lead us in that path of life. Just, um, just sing quietly together. In fact, if you want to just uh, allow Joshua to, to sing over you, then that's fine. But if you want to just join in quietly, that's also fine. No, Lord, we seek your face, your spirit, truth, and grace. Breathe on us. Spirit, breathe on us. Oh Lord, we seek your face, your spirit, truth, and grace. Breathe on us. Spirit, breathe on us. Be exalted. Be Just like in the lead up, in the lead up to, to today, especially when we were just doing that holy imagining. I mean, I just saw, I saw marriages in a great place. I saw health and wholeness. I saw healing. You know, if you if if you want to help to make that transition into into that place, we'd love to stand with you. Uh, if you have something in particular that you'd love us to pray into and for you. 
then I'm going to just ask in a moment after these couple of um, things are shared, uh, just to slip out of your seat and come forward. We'll, we'll wrap up and do 10 coffee. Uh, but if you want someone just to, to pray for you, that would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that when I was listening to about the sheep and the sheep pen, and, and you know, every time somebody comes out to New Zealand, I always take them to Sheep World because it gives them a good idea of what New Zealand's like, you know. And, and um, you look at sheep sometimes, and they're really, really filthy, and you wonder how do they ever get that clean? And if there was ever a filthy sheep, it was me. And I can guarantee you. There's people in here that think that there's stuff that God can't write in your life that was wrong or might be wrong. But nothing's too big for him. He can clean it. I like the verse, the translation, that says he comes to give us life and life more abundantly. Because he doesn't just make it good. He makes you more abundant, but you got to walk into that and let him do the cleaning. And there's people who want to pray with you right now. And you can come up and people will pray with you and God will release that stuff out of your life, no matter how dirty it may feel. So let him do it. There was a word given in the prayer meeting this morning, jump, jump, jump. It's a picture of the sheep when they come through the gates to the green pasture, they jump, jump, jump. And so this morning, if there's something you need to jump into, the word of the Lord came, jump into it. And receive all that He has for you. It's the message of sin as we go. Actually, at the beginning of the service, um, I just felt that the Holy Spirit was prompting, saying that there are people that are really searching for answers. You need answers, and you're not quite sure how to go about things. You're not quite sure what that means, what that looks like. But God's saying, I know you need the answers. I will give you the answers that you need. You need to put your trust in me as well. You need to keep your eyes completely focused on me at all times. So just don't look away from me. Keep looking at me. What you need. Fantastic. So, if those things that have just been shared, you know, really resonate in your heart, would you just, just slip out of your seat and just let someone come and pray for you? Uh, we'd love to be able to do that. We'll kind of wrap things up there. You're free to go if you need to. Stick around as long as you want, and uh, we'll see you again at some point soon. But feel, for, feel free to come forward. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. 
If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.